escape to the metaverse. But act like you know, yeah. You are now tuned into the Matthew and Rizzo show, yeah. Uh, escape to the metaverse. Better act like you know, yeah. You are now tuned into the Matthew and Rizzo show, yeah. Hey everyone, before we begin this week's episode of the Matthew and Rizzle Show, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Proof of Beauty. Proof of Beauty is an experimental digital experience studio. The blockchain is their canvas and the tokens are their brush. You can learn more about Proof of Beauty by checking out pob.studio. You can follow them on Twitter as well at P-R-R-F Beauty. That's P. RRF Beauty on Twitter and POB.studio on their homepage to learn more about their projects like Hash, London, and Publico. Thank you and enjoy the show. Okay, Brian, welcome to the Matthew Rizzle Show. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Rizzle. How you doing? Great, man. Pretty good. Really excited to get into everything you're doing with Cherubs Dow, but I'm wondering if you could pretty like get into a little bit of who you are, uh, what you were doing before you started Cherubs DAO, uh, and then dive into all the, the really, really groundbreaking, important moves you're making to set up Cherubs. That would be a great way to get started. Excellent. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so who I am. So I, I've, I've been a software entrepreneur for a very long time now, for over, over 20 years. I've started a, my first company in Web1, um, which was a web marketplace in the late '90s, business to business marketplace that um, we had a we had a nice successful exit from, and rolled that into a business to business web two uh, startup, and then uh, followed it up with a mobile application startup. And um, so I've got a lot of a lot of experience starting and running, um, building, growing, and and having a variety of different exits with software businesses. And I kind of look for new platforms, uh, you know, web one, web two and, and mobile were all new platforms and I took a little bit of a detour for a few years uh, with a, 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 an executive mind from my third company who is really strong on the retail side with Starbucks. And we we had a company that licensed uh, a couple brands um, in the uh, sports and health and entertainment from uh, the U.S. to take into the China and Asia market. So I spent a few years or several years traveling, especially in the China and Southeast Asia, uh, developing um, a brand called Fast Med and and um, one called Top Golf in the in the Asian markets. <clears throat> and uh, around twenty. Uh, 2019 uh, move uh, from Austin, Texas, where I'd done my prior startups to uh, Zurich, Switzerland, and you know definitely had been paying attention deeply for a couple of years about blockchain and and blockchain technologies uh, as a user investor, and um, really was convinced that this was the next platform, and uh, it kind of fused with my personal interests to. Uh, with a new startup to get back into the technology um, business to to build a software um, opportunity on a new platform like blockchain. And it fused with a a personal desire to solve some 
challenges that were presenting themselves to me with uh, with um, one of our one of our children um, and some of the uh, health issues that are related to a condition she has called Down syndrome. And I just decided at that point in time, I wanted to I wanted to start my next opportunity on blockchain with crypto um, and and focus it um, specifically on health and and related illnesses that that come from the um, from the condition of Down syndrome. And I formed Cherubim Labs at that point in time, uh, 2019, when I moved. And I've been on this um, exploration ever, ever since. And we're, we're about to put our first projects into the market. Dude, I, I love people who are sort of like exploring like different uh, industries and ways to use blockchain, like outside of the, uh, it's hard to even say conventional, like, because the space is still so young. But like, I, I feel like not a lot of people are trying to, uh, you know, s- sort of dive into the direction that you're heading into. Uh, when you started this, and even now, are there other people who you can sort of like model this after? Or are you like totally on your own sort of like blazing this trail? Or like, you know, how what, what's sort of like the playing field that you're in? Yeah, it, it, great question. It, it's there's no direct model that I've found, but there, there are, are things that I, I try to learn from. So I, and I've been, I've been doing this since 2017, um, at, you know, while in parallel with my, with my licensing business, I started looking at this. I said, you know, I, I, I just feel this, I feel blockchain and, and crypto is going to be this next big platform. Uh, I can't put exactly my finger on it. Why? But what I got fascinated with was the ability to, on a global scale, coordinate people and capital. Um, in, in ways that we've never been able to do it before. So these mechanisms were really what got me interested. And so I started thinking, like, how do you apply this to advancements in health and, and, and cures to, you know, to conditions or even the healthcare system itself? And, you know, it was like, it was a mental exercise for 2017, 2018, and participating in a lot of the ICO craziness at the time just to educate myself. And I just, I felt like it was way too nascent. And so um, a few models were there at the time, but nothing that really resonated with me. And when, it, when I kind of got back around to it in 2019, certainly by 2020, the maturity level of the platforms, uh, the layer ones, the tooling, um, and some of the mechanisms were there. And, you know, for example, with Cherub's DAO, what we're, you know, our first project that's coming out, there's nothing related specifically to health that I modeled after, but I, I did see an NFT mechanism around the Nouns DAO project with, with a daily auction and, and on-chain governance with, with the NFT tokens and one NFT is one vote. Well, there's something interesting there on a, on a um, mechanism to raise a pool of capital um, using NFTs. That's interesting to me that we we uh, we took as a as a model for for what we're doing with Cherub's DAO. Uh, I, I've seen a couple other projects around trying to tokenize health data or tokenize genetic information. Um, nothing that I took away from that specifically, other than yeah, that might be interesting at some point in time. But I'm I, I'm not seeing I'm not seeing how that's working just yet. So I I look and study a lot of different mechanisms. Mechanisms. Um, and before I got to Cherub's DAO, um, my first foray into this to try to drive funding toward cures, which we can get into, uh, was to try to use some of the DeFi mechanisms and the yield that was coming out of, you know, places like Yarn or, you know, in the Terra ecosystem, the Anchor Protocol. So, well, if you can get consistently high yields, maybe that's a way to pool up money and try to fund uh, cure development in a different way. And 
I kind of pivoted away from that because I, I just questioned the sustainability of some of the yields, but it was a mechanism that I did look at. Um, so yeah, it's more, it's more, it's more trying to study other mechanisms and other parts of the crypto market because there's so many fascinating ways that that again the people and capital are coming together to pursue missions. And that's kind of the foundation I'm looking at. Like my mission is around curing, you know, these diseases and, and specifically in our case, dementia and Alzheimer's. So I'm I'm looking at the mechanisms that do a great job of organizing. Uh, the right people and capital to come together and make really good decisions on a global scale. Before we dive into how exactly CherubsDAO plans on kind of combining um, the the framework that NounsDAO has laid out in terms of government governance and being able to pull uh, immense sums of capital to help solve the problems uh, that dementia and Alzheimer's and other like brain related health issues present. I'm just curious if you could kind of like present a little lay of the land when it comes to the current state of scientific funding and research and sort of like the pain points involved there in terms of raising capital, focusing it on specific um, avenues and things like that, uh, just to set the stage before we kind of dive into everything Cherub Style is doing. Yeah, it's been it's been an educational journey for me. So so my youngest daughter is um, so she is she is she is the child that we have with Down syndrome. She's now 10 years old. And so when she was born um, and we found out about the Down syndrome diagnosis, you know, of course, just went deep and tried to understand everything about Down syndrome. And there's a lot to unpack there. But one of the things that immediately jumped out was uh, was that Down syndrome effectively functions as an accelerated aging. Um, you know, if, if now that we have people with Down syndrome, they're living long enough lives because we've solved some of the uh, the, the the simpler medical issues. Uh, I, I say that they are complex medical issues, but they've been solved with modern modern medicine. Um, we're, we're finding they, they age at an accelerated pace, which leads to an early onset of Alzheimer's. So immediately I was like, okay, well, that's uh, about the worst outcome I can imagine for any person and, uh, and their families. And it's, I knew of it as a dreadful condition already. And so I'm, I'm diving into, well, what's the state of Alzheimer's and what's the likelihood we're going to see a cure or a, um, a preventative uh, set of therapeutics to help, um, help you know, people with Down syndrome live longer, even longer lives. And, it, you know, it turns out that it's, it's one of these conditions that's received billions and billions and billions of dollars of funding for decades, and very little progress has been made. It's the only major disease without a effective therapeutic or cure. Um, you know, cancers, we've got, we've got different ways of dealing with cancers. It's still not solved, but but Alzheimer's has, you know, no effective therapeutic or cure. The, finally, a drug had been approved um, recently, but there's still question marks of its effectiveness yet. And and so I was like, well, why is that? With all this money and all this attention and and tens of millions of people um, in the U.S. And, and globally affected by it. And when you start peeling the onion back, it, it it's it's a it's a my opinion is it's a combination of problems and I've consulted with people who do research in this field and raise money and and I do get consistent feedback from them as experts that you have centralization of funding so the funding for Alzheimer's research comes predominantly from a couple sources one's the National Institutes of Health and other governmental bodies and around the world and then you've got one or two major foundations uh, I think in Alzheimer's it's it's predominantly one 
and then a little bit of funding in different places. And so when, when you get it done that way, you know, the, 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 those bodies decide what they're willing to make grants for. And what ended up happening in the case of Alzheimer's is there was a hypothesis called the amyloid hypothesis, which said if we can take these things that build up in the brain, which, you know, are plaques, you know, from amyloid and, and tangles, you know, with tau, and we can find a way to go after that and, and take them away and reverse them and clean out the brain, I guess, is, is probably the way they were thinking about it. Then we can, we can cure Alzheimer's. And it just turns out this is such an, a massively complex condition once it starts taking hold that um, going after it when it's that late stage is, is an extremely difficult problem with multiple variables and, and they're not having much success with it. So essentially it becomes a failed hypothesis when you're saying, I need people to live longer and not uh, come down with Alzheimer's. So when I, when I summarize it, it's like, well, we have centralization of funding and, and essentially when you get into it, it's like, who's making those decisions? They end up being relatively small committees around scientific groupthink. And so you got billions of dollars that go for decades to one hypothesis, no adventurism. Like you think about it, you step back, you say, well, why wouldn't you fund something as, as challenging as this uh, that requires a lot of innovation across a lot of different fields, more like venture capital as opposed to a centralized you know, corporate uh, decision structure. And it just hasn't happened. And so you fast forward to where we are today and, and little pockets of funding from frustrated people um, who you know, are trying to solve this problem in different ways have come out and you'd see we've had some advancements in diagnostics. Well, good, because if you can't if you can't diagnose Alzheimer's until after a person's dead, it's really hard to prove that you've got an effective cure um, that's going to get approved by any, any regulatory body. Uh, we have uh, advancements in alternative hypotheses. Like there are some that are showing there, this may be a vir there may be a viral aspect to this that, that ostensibly could be uh, uh, a preventative could be a vaccine. Um, we don't know yet, but there's scientific evidence coming up and it's just, these, these centralized bodies were not recognizing these as viable research pathways. And then other viable research pathways were not presenting themselves in a way that got accepted. And so they were starved of funding. And that was the problem. So it's like, I think a venture capital approach or a democratized approach is like, let, let's let more flowers bloom. Let's let, let's take a lot more shots on goal and let's get a little bit more edge you know, like in our, in our exploration of research opportunities, and you're probably likely to, to find pathways that you didn't expect uh, to do this. So that, that was Alzheimer's. And it was interesting because I, I, I know people who have been frustrated in, in the field of autism spectrum disorder, and even in um, post-traumatic stress uh, uh, disorder and the same story kind of played out where it's like centralization of funding, lack of exploration of edge cases um, have, have really ignored some viable hypotheses that are now finally getting explored. Yeah, dude, uh, I spent a very large part of my career working in nonprofits and can completely empathize with the like larger uh, portion of what you're talking about in terms of like, you know, sort of like the centralization of funds, like holding back, uh, you know, potentially productive ways forward. Uh, so I, I really commend you for what you're doing, man. It's a tremendous like uh, undertaking or, uh, you know, paradigm shift to even start pushing things in this direction. So 
uh, probably now is the time, man, to j- dive into Cherub Dow and you know how this you know seeks to start solving those types of issues. Yeah, so th- this gets back to crypto, you know, and and blockchains and and crypto economic systems. Like my my thesis with Cherubim Labs was you know to be a uh, a venture studio, if you will focused really on health that can look at how how these mechanisms can be applied to health that organize people and capital on a global scale toward you know specific missions and so cherubs that was the first you know first shot at this and you know i i looked when i looked at autism and what was happening there and i looked at the ptsd and the ones that had a couple breakthroughs that were a little bit less mainstream um, and then some of the efforts that have have uh, come up in 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 the Alzheimer's field. What what struck me was people had ideas like this to say we needed this alternative approach. In fact, one's a, a good friend of mine from business school who's doing this in autism, and he's he's been published in the Wall Street Journal calling for a venture capital style approach to uh, to funding autism and uh, research in particular. And what I noticed was all of them were going down the traditional structure. They form a foundation, they start raising capital behind it, and then they start, um, you know, developing a way to decide how, what research to fund. So it's all all 100% nonprofit driven. And what I the, the observation out of that is it's just it's a, no matter who you are, foundation, you know, knocking on doors, uh, doing fundraisers, uh, you know, it's just a heavy lifting exercise and you get small, small, small dollars over, over time. And I looked, I'm like, this is more like a moonshot type problem. We need, we need something that's global scale. We need something that cannot, you know, raise 10, 20, 30 million and, and do it at, at, you know, a million or two a year. We need to be able to do something that can do this in the billions of dollars and can do it globally and can do it in a more open democratic way and even in a capitalistic way. And so what Cherub's DAO is, is, is an, you know, it's, its ambition is to try to do that specifically focused on brain health and dementia. And um, we're doing it through, like I said, that nouns DAO style mechanism and NFTs. So we created a, a different, we created our own NFT art. I think it's really cool around the cherub itself. And so the cherub, you know, is meant to be an angelic figure. Um, and, you know, it's art kind of dates, I think, back into the Renaissance. And it, it's pudgy babies with wings and, and bows and arrows and uh, some different takes on it. But um, we we decided to just take a completely modern um, approach to the cherub and put them on a mission, uh, give them a lot of coolness and diversity um, and, um, and, you know, make them a little edgy. And so we, we've created this artwork, um, and then we, we use the nouns DAO model. So fundamentally what Cherub's DAO is, is, um, is a global moonshot to go after, uh, cures and preventatives to dementia and Alzheimer's disease. We do it, um, as an impact fund. So it, it really functions as an impact, uh, impact fund. We sell, uh, we sell memberships to anybody that wants to be uh, an active member uh, to go in, on this mission of solving uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. They buy their membership through a daily auction, which we host on our website. Uh, you get an NFT, you get a Cherub NFT uh, when you purchase the membership. So you buy an NFT, your funds fund the, the treasury. 
And then your NFT serves as a, a token that, that governs the impact fund. And so on a daily basis, so the Cherubs DAO sells NFTs daily. Uh, we get a new, we get a new, we sell a new membership um, every day. Um, we get new funds from that, sale, that membership sale every day. And so it becomes perpetually funded. Then uh, we take that pool of funds and the impact fund is doing two things with it. One, it's, uh, it's seeking uh, solution investments. So it's, it makes investments seeking ROI and impact in the area of advancing cures, therapeutics, and protocols uh, for Alzheimer's and, and related dementia. And part of the proceeds are used uh, as a grant to nonprofits um, pursuing research. And so we're trying to fund primary research and we're, we're funding ROI-based investments for solutions. Now we, we've set this, it's 80% toward ROI and 20% toward, uh, toward nonprofit research. Part of the thinking on the nonprofit research is that we're, we're seeding, you know, future investment opportunities uh, that will come out of the research and the people working on it. Um, and that's only, but that's only part of it. It's regenerative then. So it's, it's, it's perpetually funded through the daily sale. It becomes regenerative because uh, the, the returns that come from the impact investment come back into the fund and don't necessarily don't get distributed. They get reinvested. And again, they get reinvested on an 80-20 basis. And there are reasons for that too. But this is the structure we've laid out. And so the goal is over time, this will be a multi-billion dollar globally coordinated initiative to develop cures, therapeutics, and, and other protocols against dementia, Alzheimer's, and promote healthy brains and fund the primary research to do that. It seems like every one in their mother and father and uncle and aunt is talking about starting a DAO or has started a DAO these days. But most of these DAOs are, are really just a bunch of internet friends in a Discord, <laughs> like having a good time. Yeah. Um, everything that is supporting and backing and the framework around the Cherubs DAO is, in, to my mind, and as we like discussed before, a better way to approach DAO creation and formation. I'm just wondering if you could kind of dive into the nuts and bolts of, of how you've structured this DAO, um, the relationship with like the IRL entity in Switzerland, like all of those parts, because there, there's so much more that's going into this than a good idea, um, taking a, a model like Nouns DAO, raising capital, putting it to good use. Like there's a lot of other moving parts here that I'm curious if you could kind of like unpack for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a work in progress. So we're, we're in the pre-launch phase. Uh, we're in the community building phase. We're, we're really eager for people to uh, follow, you know, follow our Discord, follow our Twitter, get involved um, and help us think through this because uh, it is complex and we're trying to get this um, absolutely set up to succeed. So I've, I've been, uh, you know, I'm a member in the Bankless DAO. Um, they've got a legal guild. I've gone in there and, and spend a fair amount of time in there. Um, I'd, I'd like to do more. I just don't have it. Um, I you know, follow Aaron Wright and a few others and really trying to study uh, how do you set up these DAOs to um, be functioning, be able to function um, in a way that that can, that can scale and, 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 you know, serve their mission, especially with something like this. So we're trying to 
I mean, we, we need to be able to make investments in companies. Some of those investments are going to be for, you know, some could be in crypto protocols, some are going to be in, in private equity deals. Um, so we need to be able to engage in, in legal contracts. Um, we'll need, need to be able to, you know, to hold positions. Um, we'll need to be able to make grants to research organizations that are, are you know, nonprofit foundations that are pursuing research. They need to be engaged with uh, an entity that they know um, that's, that's legitimate. So it's not just about the money. And we need to, you know, we were expecting people to come in and, and pay, you know, pay, you know, reasonable prices for memberships because the memberships are, are, you know, in my opinion, worth a lot and they need protections, you know, legally and everything else. So what we, we, we've come up with a, a wrapper that's a Swiss association and it, it, there are a lot in the, a lot of structures in the U S around DAOs that are, they're using LLCs and, and, you know, I, I know why they're doing it on the investment side, but it, it does come with a lot of restrictions to use an LLC and, and some tax reporting issues that we didn't want to have to deal with. The Swiss association structure best represented kind of what I was looking for, which is a cooperative. And, um, but it's a legal entity, a formal legal entity that serves as a cooperative. And so by doing that, the you know, the, the DAO is an association, is, is essentially a Swiss association, and therefore um, you're, you're buying a membership in that, in that association, but the, the legal entity is the association and the taxing entity is the association. And so that, that allows our members um, to get the legal protection and allows the association to engage in the legal contracts that we need. And it allows, uh, you know, for a, a, a taxing entity that we can, we can manage the taxes of the association as well and not have to distribute that down to the individual members. And so, so that's what we've done. And so, um, so everything kind of sits at the association level. The, the restriction that, that gets applied to it from a DAO perspective is, you do need to cede the governance to the the executive board and the assemblies of the association, and it can't be everybody. And so we we will have an executive um, we'll have an executive board that is the one that's engaging in the contracts and doing all that. We'll have an assembly that that manages and elects the board and and deals with uh, the articles. And that's, that'll be the restriction. So, you know, after, let's say we're doing daily auctions and after a year, um, we have, we have three, 300 members in there. Um, you're not going to have a 300 member board. And so everybody's not going to be part of the board. Um, but we've, we have put stipulations in there that uh, with the on-chain governance, that the decisions of the membership um, will be implemented by the board so long as they're not illegal, unethical, or off mission. And those are the best guidelines I can I can apply to it. And illegal, you know, is, is obvious on the surface. Unethical is, you know, we've got a significant percentage of the, or, or somebody's somebody's trying to drive money to their brother's research organization or or something like that, you know, and and you know without merit. Um, and then um, against mission, obviously, we, we've got a pretty clearly defined mission. So we're not going to be funding something, you know, that's that's way, you know, outside of the, the brain health arena. 
So that's the structure we put in place. And, um, you know, with DAOs, I've seen my my observation with the DAOs, the ones I've done well have, have, have not like gone complete anarchy with, you know, with governance from day one where it's, you know, everybody just kind of running and voting. There, there is some centralized control, um, you know, or guidance, I shouldn't say, I hate to use the word control. It's, you've got purity of mission, you've got purity of founders, and, and they help guide the DAO to the point where it becomes self-governing. And so that's what we're planning to do with, with the Cherubs DAO Association is, yes, I, you know, I will have a voice in appointing that, that, that executive committee and the assembly, and we'll have, you know, specific people on there that can help shepherd this to being an effective impact fund for, for its mission. Then over time, as the DAO demonstrates its effectiveness, the, the cherubs themselves can start electing assembly members and, and board members from, uh, from the community directly. And people will develop their reputations uh, and for earning those spots. And I, I think that that's, to me feels like an effective wrapper uh for a dow of this type dude <laughs> going back to something what matt was saying about uh, DAOs being like people just hanging out in discord i'm like dude you're going about this the wrong way for the space you're supposed to just like <laughs> set this dow into orbit and then you go oh shit we got to like figure out the legal framework for it uh <laughs> that's that's the classic uh dow method up at least up until like 2021 or so um Dude, on a serious note, though, man, like you clearly you have like given this uh, a ton of forethought and uh, and genuinely impressed with the like depth of knowledge that you, uh, you know, have heading into this whole project in terms of like the, you know, talking about like NFT structure, NFT drop, like membership rollout. Help me understand this approach with like the nouns DAO model, because I, I like genuinely am struggling to understand how this isn't like the NFT, like membership version of like money machine goes burr and just like, you know, infinitely cranks out like, uh, you know, stuff that, you know, is, you know, perpetually inflationary and everything. And, and clearly there are models that are making this work very, very well. NounsDAO is obviously like a great example. So there, there are also like tons of different options of, you know, how to roll this thing out. I'm sure you've like looked at them all. Uh, as a skeptic, man, help me understand like why this is the model you guys chose and, uh, you know, how it, it fits better than some of the other ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, so the, the NounsDAO model got me really interested because it, it just, with, with the daily auction, I'm like, this is, this is really interesting because it's a slow build of a community. And so you, you're, you're getting people that really want to be part of it, want to be part of the mission. And you're adding, adding one a day and they're paying a premium for it. And it's, you know, when, when you look at, you know, successful NFTs, you know, and they do, you know, the 10,000, you know, profile picture drops or 10,000 NFT drops, it's, it's 10,000 NFTs. And, you know, a couple have become, you know, really significant and, and immensely valuable, like board a, a Piot club. Um, with nouns, it was, it was interesting. I'm like, well, if you can get a community that's so passionate about um, building a, uh, you know, what I think they're doing is building a global brand around this, this artwork, um, paying, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a day, uh, you know, and I don't worry so much about the perpetual inflation because it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a noun a day. 
And, you know, to get the 10,000, um, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're close to 30 years out. And so that, that doesn't seem to be a, a huge issue, especially if over those 30 years, uh, you're putting that treasury to great use and it's, uh, it's growing in value. Essentially, the value of every new noun is, is kind of the value of the treasury plus the additional money that you're putting in. And so it's, it almost sets its price based on how effectively the, um, the community is, is governing its own treasury and making investments and, and growing value. And so that's what got me excited about it, as opposed to just a, a big drop. And then let's go figure out what to do with this pool of money and try to build uh, a roadmap around, around an NFT. I, I was more in the camp of, I want to build a perpetually funding community um, and establish a, a premium uh, value for what we're, you know, what we're selling and what we're actually doing. And the thought being that with a daily auction, we, we will be getting high quality. Like I, when I look at it, I, I'm like, I can really get super high quality uh, members, you know, in the, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 over the first, uh, you know, couple months very actively engaged and build a sizable treasury. Um, and then we can demonstrate, we actually know what we're doing with this treasury and it's likely to grow even beyond just the daily sale. And that's why you wanna be a member of this. And you know, the, the, the dilution really isn't an impact because the, the, the DAO itself is growing its own value with the use of proceeds. And, and so, it's accretive really. And you're buying your way into something that's, that's generating fantastic returns by itself. So that was, that was kind of, I, I, I that was the only NFT model that, that worked. And, and it wasn't necessarily that I had to do like other people said, well, why not do this a different way? Why, why use NFTs? And, and that, that was an interesting question too. And I like the NFT because it, it, it's, um, it also serves as a as a promotion vehicle for our cause and our mission. Um, so, by buying a membership in it, you actually you, you can demonstrate that you are uh, an officially a member of this. And when we do amazing things like produce, you know, invest in things that that are curing, you know, or preventing, um, you know, certain onset of of Alzheimer's, for example. Uh, or having a material impact on on that condition, uh, you know, your token, your NFT, literally says, "I am part of this group that's that did that," um, and that's that's huge, right? And then, and and we can even get that artwork involved in the research organizations that, um, and 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 use it in ways that we haven't thought about yet to maybe help them attract other research funding for their, um, you know, for their their mission. And so I, I think the NFT gives me a canvas that I probably can't even imagine what we can do with, but I do like the, um, the, the social significance of, of the, you know, demonstrating your membership in something that would be as impactful as this. And so that's why, why we went down the NFT route versus just a, a token model. Um, but I did want, I, I liked, I liked the way the, the governance of the nouns DAO just, uh, formed. I, I liked it with the quality of the memberships, the quality of the discussions, the depth of discussion on proposals, uh, the engagement, and it, it felt like that having that smaller community slowly build worked um, and worked in a way that to manage a treasury, 
uh, for that that we expect to be accretive in value. Uh, so that that was that was the thinking. It was it was kind of like an aha moment. I had I had been thinking through DeFi protocols, DeFi tokens for this. I thought through well, you know, maybe we can use NFTs as incentives and rewards. And then nouns came, and I'm like, oh, let me let me smash these two together, and um, th- this feels this feels like the vehicle I need. I love that, and it, it is almost it's pretty contrarian, actually, if you think about it. Like this approach, um, a very very slow membership build out, right? Yeah, the other um, way fits the old model of just like throwing everything at the wall first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the- it, it, it is. Um, uh, trust me, I I I I've had. I've had um, I've, I've had many thoughts of just kind of throwing something out there and seeing if it sticks, but um, I felt like I needed to be a little bit more intentional with something like this. Hundred um, percent, I, I love it. And then also the the Swiss wrapper around this, right? I, I think that's also um, super important. And the the small body that will help shepherd this forward, like you're talking about. Again, everyone wants to to have the I don't want to say mob rule, but everyone wants to have one vote, um, one voice, and it just things become so noisy so quickly. And especially for uh, the early stages of a project, having a small group of folks really kind of guide the way is like so crucial. It's so underappreciated. Um, so kudos for you doing what you're doing. I just have a, a quick question because when I heard about Cherub's DAO. And especially the mission is like, yes, finally, someone doing something that will have a huge potential real world impact on humanity using these tools, right? Like, it's really cool that artists are putting out their digital art. It's really cool that people are playing around with digital identity with these PFB projects. But then you have a lot of people that are like, what is this actually helping with, right? Um, Even though art is beautiful and it helps further, like, uh the, the cultural aspect of humanity but this is very very clearly uh high impact and benefit to society and humanity at large is there anyone else any other projects on your radar doing something equally as as impactful when it comes to tying in crypto and and in in real life impacts you know it, it's uh it's a good question um i I have n- nothing that just jumps out. Like I've seen, I've seen a fair number of projects like, and it's good. And, and I looked at it and like, you know, I'm glad they're doing that, but there's no sustainability behind it where, you know, occasionally, and, and I know one of the first things Nouns funded was uh, they did some nonprofit grants. And so you'll see a few projects here and there that will carve out some of their treasury uh, and, and make some grants and, and feel like giving back. And I think that's fantastic. Um, and, and several of those are tied to missions, you know, that might have, you know, some impact on, um, you know, decarbonization, climate change seems to be a very popular one. Um, and, and so I've seen that uh, from a mechanism standpoint, somebody, um, you know, doing, you know, what you asked, I, I not specifically, I mean, obviously, Gitcoin is, is doing, you know, fantastic stuff to fund, you know, open source development. Um, and I think that's um, a really interesting mechanism that's uh, going to have a lot of benefit in that field. And I think uh, the quadratic voting could have a lot of 
benefit funding other major causes. Um, and perhaps they apply that to decarbonization and climate, um, which I hope they do. So that, that's an interesting mechanism that is working uh, for uh, directing that. But, uh, you know, the, the resistance I've, I've felt as I've gone out there and some of the pushback I get when I promote, you know, this initially is, is you got to be careful if, it, if it's 100% nonprofit, um, you know, it, like, dude, you know, hey, crypto, you know, crypto is all about a greed chase, right? <laughs> and people are going, you know, trying to make as much money as fast as they can here. And I'm like, well, I don't think that's what it's all about, but there's certainly that aspect of the culture. But, um, you know, it, it, it did kind of check my thinking and said, you know what, I, I, I wonder if I'm going to get a lot more traction if I, if I have, I got to really challenge myself and not make this 100% nonprofit, but there needs to be, you know, we need to kind of tie together uh, capitalism and, and impact some way that's, you know, that's different. I do think that's where, I, I think that is the potential of crypto overall is I, I think we have an opportunity to design systems and mechanisms that, you know, do respect the, the, the value that capitalism brings to the world. And I, I, I think there's immense value in that, um, but does it in a more, um, you know, thoughtful and inclusive way. And, uh, you know, this is where uh, people call it generative capitalism or, or other terms are applied to it, but, you know, it, it is that fusing of, of profit and impact and, you know, that both are important and you need to think about your, your constituents with that. So that's where I, I, I got to. And so I, I think at least now, like the, you know, it, to pull off something with impact, I do think you, you, you still have to incorporate, um, you know, the, the financial return model to that and not make it 100%, um, you know, just donations um, to get to the scale, at least that I'm, I'm thinking about. Makes sense to me, man. I, honestly, it's like a relief that well-intentioned people like yourself who like understand uh, is sort of like the old world mechanisms and how to like, you know, navigate through like web three and improve on those things. Like, I, I feel like we're overdue for people like yourself entering the space with like good ambitions. Like you were saying, like, you know, a lot of people who are thinking about this space really thoughtfully are thinking about how to extract as much money as humanly possible to like pad their wallets or whatever, uh, and are quite good at it. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's just really great to see people like yourself who are, you know, genuinely have good ambitions to uh, try and harness this technology. Um, yo, one of the things we really love to ask our guests uh, is, you know, as NFT collectors ourselves uh, and enthusiasts of the space uh, sort of pry into other people's wallets. Uh, do you, are there other, like, do you collect NFTs at all? Or are there other projects? I know we've asked you about projects like related to yours. Are there any other things out there that are like totally unrelated to what you're doing that you just think are cool or interested in or, uh, collect on your own or what, what else do you see out there? Yeah. I, you know, I wish I could say, I, I, I am not like, I, yes, I, I do. Um, I, I don't have a great eye for um, picking that, you know, I, I, I just, I, I really, I follow people like DC Investor and others. I'm just like, man, how do these guys like recognize that these things are so cool so early? Uh, I, the, one I, the one I did grab, it's on my Twitter profile, is I, I got into the Cryptodes um, 
and I just loved it. Uh, so the, the thing I did love with nouns and, and cryptodes and, and gremlins part of the nouns as well is the, is the creative commons licensing behind it. And I think that's an interesting experiment for the, you know, for the NFT drops to, to see, you know, if you just kind of seed all rights to, uh, to anybody, what, what these, um, what the, what this art can become and the, and the, you know, the toad art was pretty interesting. So I, I grabbed that. And I did, um, I didn't grab a noun. I, I, I just, um, I, I followed it, but I did join the shark DAO. So there's, they, if you're familiar with the nouns that you can, if you don't want to buy a noun, but you want to be part of an active part of the community, you can, you can join a sub DAO and buy tokens in the sub DAO. And so the shark DAO was one of the first ones that did it. So I think they own like four or five nouns. So if you do want a voice and putting forth governance proposals, you can do it through that. Other than that, I, I you know, I, I've had intention to grab a couple of of the, um, you know, the OGs, I guess, and I, I, I just have been reluctant to pull the trigger on it. And I, it, was, it turns out, I, th- I think it was a mistake um, at the time, like looking at a board ape uh, and not doing it uh, at what was a pretty high price, but I. I went down the rabbit hole when I first decided to go after NFT. So I did get into the, I did get into the, the minting craze and the gas wars and all that. I just wanted to understand how this stuff worked and how NFTs were, were marketed and sold. And so I, I ended up with a bunch of uh, Ethereans and some rogue society bots and a few others that are are in my wallet right now. Um, but the one I, the one I actually do love and, I've held and I've held it up and down. I, I, I bought the crypto. I, I think I got an offer for, oh, probably six, seven times more than what I paid for it at one point in time. And it's, uh, you know, it's come down uh, quite a bit since then. But I, I just said, I'm going to hold on to this thing. I, I just kind of like it. Uh, what you love. I mean, rule number exactly. one. And you know? honestly, all you really need is, is one NFT with that CCO license enabled with it. I think long term. That's the where the real real value and innovation and just like amazing use cases come into everything on top of like the crypto looking just bank. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Cool. Um, well, Brian, before we leave, I just want to make sure you let people know where they can track and follow you and learn about any future updates when it comes to Cherub Style. So let people know your social handles, websites, maybe key dates, launches, blah, 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 all the good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my Twitter handle is just my first initial and last name. So it's B Magierski. It's uh, M-A-G-I-E-R-S-K-I. Um, Cherubs Dow, you can you can find us on Twitter at Cherubs Dow, all one word. And we are uh, CherubsDow.com as well. We have a testnet running right now where you can uh, play with the cherubs. We have a playground. You can generate as many cherubs as you want and download them right now to try them out. Uh, that's just testnet.cherubsdow.com. We're migrating that over. It's on an Ethereum testnet. We're migrating it over to Polygon. Um, and that testnet will be live soon. And um, we are uh, we are community building. So on the website at cherubsdow.com, you can find links to Twitter and Discord. We would love anybody to come into the Discord community and help us as we finish the last design tweaks and go through and build our community before launch and be part of all the pre-launch fun stuff. And last thing I'll say is we are um, in active evaluation of doing a uh, NFT drop uh, pre-launch. Um, and so this would be an NFT sale of 
unique uh, clip art. So when we first, uh, the, our first cut at the Cherubs, we came up with um, a clip art version that really informed what the final design was. And so we really love the art. We've gotten really good reviews from some NFT collectors on it. And uh, we wanna use that as a community building event um, that can uh, build us a supporting community that may, maybe you can't afford to be uh, part of the DAO itself based on uh, what the daily auction price is, but this is a way to be part of the community and have a commemorative token. So we're, we're designing that. Uh, we'll be announcing, we're making announcements through our Twitter and, and Discord, you know, probably in the coming weeks, uh, how that will roll out. Um, but ultimately we'll, we'll end up selling, you know, probably up to 10,000 of those over a period of time uh, to early community members. And we hope the, the commemorative value of, you know, what Cherub's style becomes having, having a, a, a piece of the, the original artwork will, will become valuable. I love that. And this is just such a fascinating conversation. I really want to thank you for being such an open book and really taking us back and uh, educating us on everything that's preceded what you're doing uh, as well as how you're, you're seeing the future and the, the large important implications of harnessing crypto technology, NFTs um, for such an impactful cause like Cherub Style is pursuing. So once again, just a big thank you for jumping on the Matthew and Rizzle show with us and keep creating and innovating and doing amazing, beautiful things. Absolutely. Well, thanks for the opportunity. I love the show and I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it now. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Proof of Beauty. Proof of Beauty is an experimental digital experience studio. The blockchain is their canvas and the tokens are their brush. You can learn more about Proof of Beauty by checking out pob.studio. You can follow them on Twitter as well at P-R-R-F Beauty. That's P-R-R-F beauty on twitter and pob.studio on their homepage to learn more about their projects like hash london and publico thank you and see you in the next episode